Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read to what we did, and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. And before I introduce my guest for this episode, uh, I do have another guest. Usually for this Comic-Con related episodes, I interviewed David Glancer, which is the PR guy for Comic-Con International. So for now, I'm going to go ahead and take it away to the recording of my interview with David Glancer. And once again, as usual, it's kind of like a tradition for WonderCon for me. Well, yes. <laughs> Here I am interviewing David Glancer, who is the Comic-Con International's Chief Communications and Strategy Officer. Unless that's changed. No, no, that, that's you know, correct. Same, yeah. same. As usual, we, I usually go over uh, what people are saying around the show floor as well as online. And in a way, I'm kind of like reporting to David and get his take on what's going on. Yeah, sure, you're going to be the inside scoop. Inside scoop. And of course, I, I don't cover all of the convention, but... I try my best. First off, uh, elephant in the room, no more masking required, no more COVID testing required. How does it feel like in terms of a logistical uh, thing? It's uh, a little bit simpler, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, you know, I think we had recommended for people to wear masks right. if they feel comfortable. But, you know, some people do, some people don't. There were some um, people who decided not to come because they weren't feeling well. And I think that's smart. You know, we right. said this last year as well at, at both of our shows that, there's no shame in it. There's no hard feelings. If you don't feel good, you know, safety and, and health is really the most important thing. So, yeah. But it seems to be going well. And to report the show floor, there are still people wearing masks. Not as much as before, but, right. but there are still people wearing masks. Sure. Yeah. And, I, and I have a feeling we're going to see that a lot more. You know, there are right. other cultures where people yep. wear masks if they're ill. Uh, and maybe that is something that we'll see uh, adopted here. I, I hope so. It's not a bad habit to have. No, I think it's yeah. considerate, you know, and it's... Uh, it's, uh, it, it makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. The other thing that people are talking about is parking. So uh, parking has been a situation where people are going to one area and then they get to re- redirected to another area and then they get redirected again to another area. And um, I believe we don't have a shuttle this time, right? Compared to before. That's correct. And is that the reason why it's causing this kind of bottleneck with parking? Well, I don't know that that's the reason. I know that, um, you know, it's an expense that we just... I don't think we could really bear this time. Okay. Um, the uh, with with not having a show for two years, um, you know, our, our, we kind of took a financial hit. So okay. I think you'll see that there's no carpeting at this show. There are different things that we can do that we hope will allow us to produce as as, as great a show as we can. Uh, but um, I think you know we were hoping that parking wouldn't be as much of an issue. I know that uh, parking sold out. Um, earlier so that we, we used overflow lots and i just got word uh that late this morning um uh, some of the, the the parking got uh booked up as well so again they're directing people to toy story and uh, i think garden walk okay well, did we have all of the Anaheim convention center parking available for us or not really? i believe so okay. um you know that's a whole different division and that, that that's in coordination with the facility they they work very closely with us it's there's also a lot of exhibitors and stuff like that who have to be nearby to make sure they can get in. And, and I know there's, a, I believe there is some dedicated parking for them. But for the most part, it's uh, we try to use as much nearby parking as we possibly can. But we're also grateful that we have some overflow parking that is made available to us. Yeah, I mean, I normally park at Toy Story for other reasons. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that's been a big request for the past couple of years is... A lot of people were asking for the return of the Sketch event planning app, and that came back with you guys. Now, did you guys 
go back to that because of the demand, or was it did it turn out to be actually a more convenient reason? So a lot of the the, the issues that, that we have, and we we do listen to people, we try to accommodate as best we can. Uh, it depends upon what can work with us and what doesn't work with us. Mm-hmm. This the app is now our app. It's it's oh, really? uh, it's something that's done in house. Um, the app before used to be done by a third party. Ah. So there were certain uh, logistical issues with that. So uh, we were able to bring that back. So hopefully that, that will be something that we can continue to do. Yeah, a lot of people are happy with it. I'm I'm one of the people that actually liked the, the one you guys did because it just works with my calendar. And this yeah. one you have to get a whole app just to get it. But then everybody can do what they want and it works out just as well. Right. Uh, foot trucks. I noticed there are tables out there. Was this a call from ACC or from you guys? I believe it was ACC. Okay. I know that you know we try to again make things as comfortable as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about that location out there is you'll remember it used to be a road, right? Uh, and when they went ahead and paved that over, it makes it a perfect location to be able to do functions and stuff out there. I think we have a lot of food trucks this year. Yeah, there are tables. There are some setups. And I think it's really proven popular. I know it's been. Uh, Nice to get out of the center every once in a while and go sit out in the sun. And boy, I got to tell you, we're so glad to have the sun because, as you know, the beginning of the week was you know kind of cloudy and rainy. And after we leave this weekend, it'll be rain again. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what we hear. Yeah, I think. But I think the the catch twenty two with the food with the tables in the food truck is the lines are very condensed and. A lot of people are complaining about the, the line situation with the food Unfortunately, trucks. I think they're going to have lines anyway. That's one of the things with I think we, we see at our, our shows. Yep. And, and for the most part, people are, are fairly understanding of that. Right. Um, you know, it, you can never have as much space as you want. Sometimes it's just not even cost effective. You know, if you were to take even more space, which I think the Anaheim Convention Center is probably the largest convention center on the West Coast. Right. Um but it's very expensive to take, you know, every aspect of it. You, So there are pluses and minuses, and we have to make yeah. sure that we can make a show that is as affordable to attendees as possible. So, you know, we, we try to look at all the different angles. But I, yeah. I totally understand the line issue. Yeah, and for the listeners who don't understand, the ACC Convention Center is technically bigger than the San Diego Convention Center. But it's all separate. The buildings are separate. The, the show floors are separate. So not necessarily as easy to access as... San Diego, but yeah, know. I think I think you know, in an ideal situation, we would have contiguous floor space. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things we saw in San Francisco as well. Is um, that's got uh, uh, Moscone North, South, and West. And right. I think the, the Moscone West is a separate uh, building altogether with a separate exhibit floor. So contiguous is always great. San Diego is yep. great because uh, you know halls A through H are all interconnected. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the show floor, people are saying that wider aisles, less vendors, exhibitors. Yes, no. It looks like from the last time I checked, we had about nine hundred plus vendors, which is what we normally do. Okay. I think that there are probably some some vendors that have taken smaller space than they have in the past, um, but those have been filled by other people. Uh, so I think while you see some large spaces like Funco and. And some of those others, I think there are some that are probably smaller than they have been in the past. I think that's post-COVID. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of uh, people figuring out what they're doing and how they do it. I mean, we are too. Um, so the aisle sizes are the, the aisle ways are the same size as they have they been are. in the past. So that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that uh, you know, there's also some really cool programming this year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've been able to do as an organization, especially in San Diego is move people around. So right. 
the facility in San Diego, uh, you know, it's hard to say the, the facility has a limit of, of people because it all depends on what the booth setups are like. If you have, I've always said, if you have just one 10 by 10 booth, you can fit a lot more people in the convention center than if you have an entire floor space. But one of the great things we do is we really highlight programming so that there's a constant movement. Everybody isn't necessarily on the floor at the same time. They're upstairs or, or, or off-site, and I think we're seeing that here as well. Yeah, and unlike, unlike, coming, unlike San Diego, the, the panels are easier to get into because, you know, smaller attendee crowd and all that stuff. But, sure, and, sure. But, of course, a lot of people complain, as they do, like, where are the big studios and whatnot? Now, is, does WonderCon make an effort to try and invite some of those people, or do you just pretty much wait to see them No, we, we have a good relationship with the studios okay. and all that. But, you know, I, I, again, without getting into too much inside baseball, there's a lot of... Uh, after COVID, there's a lot of changes in a lot of the different studios and, and whatnot. I mean, I think, you know, if you read any of the industry trades right. or any of the, uh, whether it's comics or movies or television, there's a lot of changes going on. And I think that reflects also in terms of what they're doing on, on, the, on the fan front. So I think we've got, had some uh, good programming. I assume that as, as the months progress and years progress, we'll, we'll still see even more. All right. I mean... Uh, on Friday, I done something I haven't done in a while. Stay for a whole room for the whole programming block on Friday of all places. Like, right. I, I didn't even realize it was the whole programming block until the very end. I'm like, wait a minute, I was here in the, the room the whole time. <laughs> that's good though, right? You, you had <laughs> yeah. stuff back to back that you wanted to see and were able to stay there. So that, that's, that's very cool. I, I do like the fact that WonderCon does open it up for, for studios to show upcoming stuff that nobody's heard of before. Yeah. Because yeah. it has an option. Well, a lot of people in San Diego are looking for the ones, the returning ones. Sure. And, and I, you know, a lot of it has to do with marketing and timing, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we are in, you know, the, the, the time of the year that some studios are prepared, some studios aren't. Um, you know, and in, in summer, um, a lot of studios now, because of Comic-Con, make an effort to create stuff for that. It isn't necessarily a... a, a a usual marketing time, but I think Comic-Con is so popular that a lot of the studios, you know, make an effort to do that. Um, so it really is timing, too. It's, you know, what, what the marketing schedule is like, what the shooting schedule is like. Oftentimes at this time of the year, uh, TV station, t- TV networks are shooting, so casts aren't available. So it really is just like a Rubik's Cube of, of programming. All right. Speaking of programming, continuing on with that, have you ever seen the Funko Pop Live uh, panel event I, show? I, I have not <laughs> I, 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 I hear things about it but I've, oh, yeah. I've never had the opportunity to see it, it it makes you wonder if like more panels would do what they do but what they do is amazingly crazy but you know they have a, a talk about a company that really listens to um, its fan base mm-hmm. you know I mean uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you but I was in Washington DC for a unrelated uh, uh, a non-fan event it was a I was there for business on, on something else. And um, I had my um, Comic-Con uh, pin on my suit. And the, uh, the maitre d' to this restaurant um, said, oh, uh, are you with Comic-Con? I said, I, I am with Comic-Con. He said, oh, my God, you know, I, I, I collect, you know, the, the, you know where Funko Pop is? I'm like, of course, <laughs> uh, I collect those and on and on and on. I said, oh, so you must be a huge fan. He's all... Well, you know, I don't know much about conventions. I've never been to any conventions, but I heard about fun. Anyway, uh, what was really great was here they were able to entice somebody who didn't know much about the fan uh, zeitgeist, if you will, zeitgeist, but uh, was uh, was a collector. 
So they really do listen. They do a really good job of marketing. I think they give their their fans and attendees what it is that they want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And plus, the freebies are always nice, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's a hard question. Uh-oh. And I'll, I'll end with the hard question. Not end, but get one more question. Anyways, with the fact that Friday's attendees seem to be lower than Saturday and Sunday, is there a future where WonderCon would go to a two-day event? I don't know. I think we'll, we always look at the numbers and find out. Friday has always been a, a lighter day because mm-hmm. a lot of people work on Friday. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, long-time attendees will know that same thing was true for Comic-Con. Um, Thursday was a, a, a good day, typically because it was the first day of the show. But sometimes we would see a lull on Friday because people still had to work. It took a period of time for people to realize, oh, you know what, there's good stuff on all days. Oh, yeah. So now all days of Comic-Con are, are pretty much equal in terms Absolutely, of attendance. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't know if that will translate to, to WonderCon. Um, but again, it's also, you know, not an inexpensive effort to, to put on a show. Right. Uh, if it was only two days, it might be more cost prohibitive because you can only then allow X amount of people in. So it'll be something we'll have to look at. Okay. But uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll be able to keep the three-day show. Okay, that's interesting because I thought it might be the opposite. It'll be, it'll be more affordable if it's two days up to three days, but you're saying... Well, so true. it would depend. So you have to figure out how many people actually come and buy tickets and okay. exhibitors exhibit for, for three days. So if you had a two-day show, the, the prices, one would imagine, would be less than a three-day show. Okay. But, you know, is the, is the two-day expenditure of the facility rental of security, of all that stuff, does that make it uh, uh, cost prohibitive because you still have that expenditure, but you have less resources in terms of revenue from which to draw? Now, granted, um, you know, if you have two days of a facility as opposed to three days, it'll be a little bit cheaper, but but how much cheaper? One of the things that we noticed when we did special edition in San Diego in November was that uh, we took the facility, but, you know, we planned for less attendance. That was a very expensive show to do. Oh, wow. okay. It ended up being okay for us, but if we ever returned to a special edition, it would have to be different, maybe even a different facility or a smaller space because it, it can't just be, you know, there are certain fixed expenses that, that just exist. Oh, so it does rely a lot on the amount of attendees. Yeah, well, you have to look at it all, right? The exhibitors, yeah. you know, if a, an exhibitor probably, you know, it's going to be difficult for an exhibitor to spend the same amount of money for two boot, for two days of booth space as opposed to three days of booth space. So there could be reduced, you know, income from there. Um, any number of things. Okay. I, I love logistics talks. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> so the last question is the fun one. I'm stealing this from one of the attendees from the, uh, the Quantum Leap panel. So the, the question was, if you could leap back in time, what era would that be? Wow, that is really a great question. Uh, if I could, if I could, um, if I could leap back, I would say a certain time, but also a location. Okay, I would love to to jump back into old Hollywood, probably like nineteen fifteen to oh, nineteen thirty. Wow. I really love film. I always have. Uh, the silent era is amazing. I love um, old Hollywood. I love to. To look at the old movie stars' homes and all that, um, you know, my mother uh, was born in Mexico and learned to speak English primarily from watching late night television and old movies. And I, I fell in love with movies that way as well. So that's 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 something where I would jump back into. Time. Oh, it's interesting. Have you seen the movie Babylon? 
No, but I want it's to. It's all about that. That's what I hear. I have not had a chance to see much of anything. So right. I, I, when I get a little bit of a break, I'm going to try to maybe spend a week of just going to the movies. It, it is a very um, a weird movie. And very a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> but, yeah. but it is about that era. And I thought that focusing on that era and how, how he covered it was pretty good. But it does go all over the place. Well, it's fascinating because I think, you know, you it, it's an interesting... Uh, revelation that the longer you live the more you can have reference points for stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i was certainly didn't live back in that era so i can only take from it on the books i read and and interviews i read but you know it's funny because uh, a few years ago i was looking at a star wars website i'm a huge star wars fan and there was a debate on the star wars website if um when the movie first released on May 25th, 1977, if it actually said A New Hope. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I chimed in and I said, well, of course not. Why would you think that? And the, the, a whole bunch of people said, well, how do you know? And I said, well, because I was there. You know? And they said, <laughs> uh, and then the owner of the website said, hey, do you want to do like an interview or something? I'm thinking, it wasn't that long ago. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh, it was that long ago. Yeah, it was a long ago. But, um, you know, people don't know. And I think that's the same thing, whether it's Babylon or other movies. You know, they, they, they draw on whatever information they draw on. And, and I think you have to um, look at a whole bunch of different source material to try to find out what the actual uh, uh, situation was like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you really ever know unless you lived it. Absolutely. And uh, listeners, if you do check out Babylon... Don't watch it with kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. And there you go, folks. Once again, David Glancer. Uh, much appreciated always being on my podcast here. You know what? It's, a, it's, a, it's the perfect way to end uh, the show, and it's, a, it's always a pleasure chatting. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we're back. So uh, I learned a few new things from that interview that I didn't know. And it's always nice to know new things from the interview with David Glancer. And uh, hopefully I will likely have another interview with him for San Diego Comic-Con. So for now, uh, my San Diego Comic-Con buddy here, Derek from the Geekdom Fancast. Welcome to the show. Aw, you call me buddy. I'm touched. Oh, it's just, <laughs> it's part of the script. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. so Well we, said, well said. So here we are at the uh, last day of WonderCon as we're recording this. And we have maybe about uh, 40 minutes before the show floor ends. So In true form, this is how we, you know, we've been doing it, though. Yeah, that is very true. I guess this will be a new tradition. And plus, the talkback went by really quick because there was hardly any complaints about what's going on. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good for them. I mean, the last thing we need is angry geeks. Right. Well, that's, that'll, that'll be in San Diego. But <laughs> so for now, um, what did you think about the WonderCon 2023? Are we going overall or just highs and lows or here? Uh, up to you. Oh, okay. Keep well, it short. I, overall. <laughs> Overall, I will say the one thing that still is consistently good about WonderCon is it's a lot less stress. Absolutely. It's a lot easier to get done what you want to get done. It's a lot easier to get where you want to get. Um, you don't have to worry about huge lines for panels. You yep. uh, you don't have to worry about uh, even the uh, except for Saturday, the food truck lines weren't that bad and stuff. Like uh, you know the the crowds inside the exhibit hall weren't that bad except for Saturday. But even even on Saturday, the exhibit hall, you could still move and you could still get through. It wasn't like bottleneck and stuff. So yep. in all that sense, um, it was still consistently good. Um, unfortunately, 
going on the complete flip side, the bad thing is is also WonderCon being the smaller baby brother, uh, it suffers from that it gets less. Yeah. So content wise, uh, it was definitely at least better than last year. Um, they used the they actually used the arena this year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was actual TV shows here that you know uh, people have heard of. No. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Remember, um, they are supposed to promote new stuff too. No, but, but you know what? Uh, you know what I'm saying. Last year, I mean, there was stuff on like Tubi last year, and we're like, "What the heck is that? We don't even know what that is." Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but uh, you know, they brought uh, the Walking Dead back, and they brought some of the DC animated films back and stuff. And you know, so there was actual uh, uh, brand name or where you know, st- you know, things we've already know or are fans of stuff to go see. So. Uh, it was an upgrade, but it's still in the sense of like, you know, if there wasn't anything really big or like a must see. Like if there, there's things I missed and there's nothing that I'm mad that I missed. Oh, no, that's fair. I mean, their whole point was for WonderCon to be like a smaller Comic-Con, like you said. Comic-Con from like, I would say 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, and so far they succeeded. And I think part of it, too, is also like what David said in the interview was that there's some people who still don't want to go to conventions. There are some studios who don't want to go to conventions as much as before. Because prior to uh, COVID, uh, WonderCon was was pretty busy. Remember? Yes. And there, there was like a lot of big panels and whatnot. I, I remember when, I mean, this one was always still less, but I remember when it was a lot crazier than these last two years have been. I yeah. remember when what this Saturday was is what it was like every day. Right. Plus the arena would actually get full. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I I remember times having to wait in line just to get in the arena. Yeah, and they'll close it off. <laughs> yeah. But but you don't have the problem this year. No. But but for me, my experience has been pretty relaxing. I actually don't didn't show up uh, on time, so to speak, <laughs> every day. I, I will show in kind of like, no, I'll take it back. Friday, I actually showed up a little after 10 o'clock. So that kind of worked out. <laughs> uh, but but yesterday and today, uh, I, I was taking my sweet time getting here because I, I was not in a rush. However, uh, I got to do something that I haven't done in, in a Comic-Con for a long time, was sit in a panel room for its whole programming. To be fair, it was only like from 3 o'clock to, to 7 o'clock. But either way, I still sat through the whole programming of uh, uh, North Room 200A for Knights of the Zodiac, True Lies, HBO Max Fired on Mars, um, HBO Max Clone High, and, uh, and that was it. I think they had they, they had <laughs> You're like four. and that was it. That, that, what was the highlight four. of what was the biggest highlight of that? Uh, fired on Mars. Oh, okay. They showed the first epi- they, they showed the first episode, and I had no idea what this thing was about. Apparently, it was like some kind of like a short film that was released on YouTube. Well, well not YouTube, but but it's on YouTube right now. Uh-huh. And and I want to see the rest. It ends in a cliffhanger. Like, oh, okay, I guess I gotta watch the show. Half hour, or hour. It's a half-hour animated show. Okay. So, but it's in the style of like Office Space. Okay. So it's probably. Oh, they also showed an episode of True Lies. If you watch True Lies, uh, I, I've seen a couple of episodes, so that was nice to see them. No, uh, but I was just curious of, of uh, you sitting for an entire block. What the best one was? Oh, the best one. Yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion on that, just because they're all more or less equally good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess that's good. I, that I mean, you Clone, Clone, Clone High was was pretty fun to watch because there's a bunch of comedians on stage, you know. So that was funny. Uh, oh, yeah, wasn't Will Forte there? Will Forte was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And then Fire on Mars, like I said, they showed the first episode, and and it was actually interesting how they talk about the genesis of that show, you know. So they all have their kind of like their own thing going. So it was pretty interesting. Got a movie, got a TV show, got an animated show, got two animated shows, and so yeah, it, it was pretty fun. And then of course Friday topped it off with the uh, most extreme wrecking challenge from Tyler's group. 
uh, Grand Gathering. And um, that was an interesting one. You were, oh, you, you were there for that one, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, there's this one particular thing where it got really dark and depressing. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's supposed to be a comedy show. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a panel where like they rank, you know, something from five to one of like, you know, uh, best to worst or whatever, and like psychics. Some, some of the, uh, yeah, their subject they went with psychics, and some of the. Uh, the ones at the top got really dark and kind of like, we're supposed to be having a comedy show here. What's going on? Yeah. And I would say specifically the second one. The second one, like everybody's answer was practically <laughs> like, why are you answering this? Mike Pence. Why are you impressioning Mike Pence? I mean, come on. You know, and then, and then for, but for Friday, what, what else did you do besides take a picture of cosplays? No, that was Saturday. <laughs> oh, that was Saturday. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Uh, just a real quick aside on that. It's like Friday, there was so little cosplay to me at least. And, uh, just from walking, I didn't spend honestly a lot of time walking around, but I only think I got like, I didn't even get 10 pictures because I went to go put an Instagram slide. I'm like, damn, I don't even have 10. But that's just because also uh, I did two, two, um, press ones. I did one for True Lies and then I did one for, um, one of the DC animated ones, um, The Doom that came, oh, right, the Doom right, that right. came to Gotham. Which they did show the movie, but I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, but, uh, so, uh, for fans that you know, pe- but for people that are fans of uh, the DC animated one, so they got two at uh, WonderCon this year. So there's two that are coming out, and I think still at WonderCon tradition because they always have the uh, the DC animated movies in WonderCon. But they didn't last year, right? Oh yeah, I think that's what I'm I saying. I think you're right. Yeah, I could be wrong. We could be wrong about we, that. But we but... could be, but I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have any issues. So that's why it's nice that they're bringing them back again. Yeah, and you know, San Diego always has them too. But it's always cool that like. Um, they have the big arena and they play them usually in the big arena and stuff. Right, right. So that's, it's cool. Cause the thing is, you know, they're, you would know this of course too, animated films, you can't watch them in the theater. So the chance to get us to see an animated, uh, movie, uh, on the big screen instead right. of your TV is a nice little treat for people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then I, I did the true lies one as also as well. And, uh, the thing, the only thing that bummed me out about that is, uh, the lead female lead Ginger Gonzaga was not there who, uh, we're big fans of, uh, she helped. You know, here, yeah, like, uh, we had her on our show when we were first starting out, actually, and uh, so it was a bummer not to see her, but the other two guys were really, uh, Steve Howie and Omar were both great and really funny guys and stuff, so, uh, oh, and of course, you have your thing, uh, Matt Nix, the creator from right. Burn Notice, and he right, talked, right. and he actually referenced Burn Notice many times, which was, you would have enjoyed. <laughs> I, I would have enjoyed that, yeah, yeah, absolutely, but for me, for Saturday, um, I came in once again Decently late because I didn't. I did all the show floor Saturday, stuff. Saturday you were really late. Yeah. I thought I was late. You were really late. I, I did, but all, it was intentionally late. It was intentionally late because I, I, <laughs> I did most of the show the show floor stuff, exhibit hall stuff on Friday to buy everything I needed to buy. So I wanted to avoid going back in there. So I, I don't want to buy anything. But I actually ended up going back in there for half an hour and bought some <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I need to stop doing that. It pulled you in. <laughs> so basically, my whole goal was to show up just for Funko Pop Live. But uh, we, I showed up early enough for the Quantum Leap panel, and that was pretty interesting. I, it makes you want to watch the show now, actually. And, and I'm still I'm going to still wait on what you say, but like it's it's uh, it's good to hear uh, a buzz about that show because you know it has an Asian lead and stuff. So that's good to hear that you know it if it it got picked up for a second season like you told me, and then if it's actually a good show, that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. But then yeah, we were I, I was there for Funko Pop Talk Live, and Derek joined me before that thing again. Um, <laughs> I went there for San Diego Comic Con last year, and I'm like, and that was that convinced me. Oh, I need to go to this every time now. <laughs> you know, first off, they give out free pops, and secondly, it's fun to watch the two creators of Funko oh, try and host a show. <laughs> 
so cringe, but so entertaining in a very uh, MSDK kind of kind of style. Yeah, Albert and I got to have fun, just like kind of like being like, we're just going to be two like you know annoying critics, but we're going to have fun with this. So, and we we did you know, like these guys get up there and they might run a multi million dollar corporation, but they don't know anything about public speaking. It seems like <laughs> no, they don't. They really they doesn't. It doesn't seem like they do. You know, and, and it was entertaining. And, and uh, I like what they did in Comic Con last year. What they did this time was for the free stuff. They were doing, they had the Price Patrol thing, right? And the, the Price Patrol, I think, it's a it's a nice idea, especially if they're trying to limit amount, amount of free stuff they're gonna try to give out. Yeah. And but the, the catch there, the trick that I learned, was that you have to spot the Price Patrol, right? If they're not nearby you, don't bother, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but I, I saw one nearby me. So and then when he was next to me. I really, really like brought it up, you know, and I think I kind of scared him to give me a, a price ticket. So I did get a price ticket. You people don't know because you weren't there, but I witnessed this and Albert put some effort in. Let, let, me, let me just tell you, if you can, <laughs> if you know Albert or if you can just imagine someone really trying to get a winning ticket, he, he accomplished this, yeah. trust me. He was not subtle. <laughs> I, I, I played it out really well. I think, I think it, take, it took the guy back. So he had, he had to give me a ticket. <laughs> take it. Just take it. <laughs> And the, and the ticket was for uh, a lounge fly bag. Well, wait, but tell them the. I was actually telling uh, two of our friends right now. Okay, tell them what happened with your uh, bag, though. Okay, so so <laughs> so they were what 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 the Funko does was they just show the products, right, and then they go like, and we're gonna give it out kind of thing, like 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 they give you the impression that they're gonna give out that product. So they were showing the Haunted Mansion lounge fly, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind having that. And then the Price Patrol showed up, and I got a ticket. So I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a, lo- a Haunted Mansion lounge fly, you know, because they're at minimum they're like 80 bucks, right? So that's that's a pretty sweet deal. So when I went to retrieve the lounge fly, it was uh, Star Wars, Darth Maul, <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to the Haunted Mansion? And it turns out it was randomized. Like everybody who had the lounge fly free giveaway got a different kind of lounge fly. How many do you? How many do you think you saw? Did you see other people's? I saw other people's, and of course they were saying that only twenty five people got it right. Uh-huh. So out of the three people that I saw, none of them were the haunted mansion one. So I don't know. But if they, was it three different other bags? There were multiple different bags. No, I mean no, they were behind the counter. They were behind the counter. I think the guy who's handing you the but the 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 bag kind of eyeballs you and say, okay, maybe this is for him. Like like he'll kind of spot you and kind of uh-huh. guess. What 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 bag that you might like? So what was one of the other ones you saw? Do you remember? Uh, one of them was like a princess thing, and one oh, of them. Thank God you didn't get that one. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. I think I think the guy looks at you and he go, okay, he might be Star Wars, so I think he's be a Star Wars. Yeah, you know. So, I, but I wanted the Hunter Mansion. <laughs> little did little did he know what's really in your heart. <laughs> right, because that Hunter Mansion lunch fly looks pretty sweet. I gotta tell you that I'm never gonna wear it, but that looks pretty sweet. You know what you almost could have done? You what? could have waited by the door and wait for someone to walk out and be like, "Hey, do you want to trade?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially. But they, uh, but they did get everybody like uh, a Freddy uh, Funko uh, dressed as Peter Pan kind of thing. Everybody got one, so everybody was happy, you know. And uh, uh, the only funny thing I want to say of that is, is uh, I hadn't made a plan to go to it. I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go. And then I was like, you were saying on Saturday, I took about a million cosplay photos. And the reason that I went in to join you, you're like, are you going to come in or what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. And because I, the only reason I came in is because I looked down at my phone and I was at like below 20%. I'm like, crap, I got to stop doing this. I got to go in. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of got forced to quit my cosplay photo taking. <laughs> but come on. Now, is this something that you will go to every time now? Yes and, <laughs> yes and no. WonderCon, yes. You and I both know what that line was like at San Diego, and I'm not doing that. No, I mean, true, true. I mean, the whole age uh, Funko Pop Live thing. Well, it was, there was people across the street. Like, that. it wasn't even like the uh, 
the shoots anymore. Like they were, the line went through the shoots and across the street. And no, I'm not waiting in that long of a line. Uh-uh. Okay, well, I'll give I'll give the listeners this advice. If you're at Comic Con and you want to go to Funko Pop, don't stand in line. Okay, wait till the line is completely inside, and then go in. Really? That's what I did last year. It wasn't full. It wasn't full. Oh, see, I figured. I mean, Grant, I'm just assuming. I I was assuming since the line was so long that they filled Hall H. They, I, that's what I assume, right? But then when I went, when I swept, when I swung by, because I, I had some time, talkback was like, okay, it's, it's over. I'm gonna swing by. Oh, I can still go in. And then I went in. Oh, and there we go. Okay. Well, I sat at the back, but who cares? You know the only. Pro- <laughs> you know the only problem, though. Well, that people are going to know what happened in the year previous year, and nah, now more people are probably going to go. So. I don't think so. They well, no, I'm not. I'm not. Did he? Did he even fill up the arena here in WonderCon? Well, I, I well, I admit I was wrong on that. I, I give you credit on that. That I I thought it was going to be more, but San Diego has more people at it, so it's more competition. Yeah. I'm not saying for sure. Who knows? Because it is on Sunday, right? It is on. Um, well, who knows? They maybe maybe they might change their mind. Well, okay, but last year was on Sunday. Last year was on Sunday. So there's less people to compete with. So it's hard to say. But it's hard to say. I, I yeah. will definitely say if I could just walk in, I would do it again. Yes, but I, if I'm gonna wait in six hundred or you know two thousand people line or whatever it holds, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as for Sunday's concern, I uh, was again I showed up kind of late on purpose. I had the interview with David Dancer, as you guys already heard from this on this episode. And then I went to the, the Asian American panels that, that they had. Oh yeah, how were yeah. they? they? They were good. Um and, and there was a lot of stuff that kind of derivative from other Asian American representative, you know, not it's not, it's not just even Asian Americans. Although yeah. the first panel I went to was uh five Filipino Americans and one Vietnamese guy. Okay. You know, and then the second panel I went to was a mix of a mix of everything. No Filipinos. For that one, <laughs> but uh, Jin Lin Yang was there. Uh, yeah, how was that? that he, he talked about the American-born Chinese and what stuff. Um, anything uh, like Bert, anything good, tibbity about it, or anything sounding good about it, or uh, apparently he asked cosplayers to help him out with the uh, with the cosplay section of the show. Oh, okay. There was a, there was a part of the show that apparently involves cosplay, and he he met this cosplayer here at WonderCon, like oh no, no at, at, at San Diego Comic Con last year. Okay, and 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 he actually went ahead and called him up and asked, hey, did you wanna did you wanna Help us out with the cosplays for the show, and he and he did. So that's that's pretty sweet, actually. You know, so he was actually cosplaying as Monkey Prince, which is what uh, which is one of the comic books that Jin Wen Yang was actually actually doing. Uh-huh. So so it, it was pretty sweet. Like you could be an attendee at Comic Con or WonderCon, and that's something that could happen to you. So wait, he did a comic book too. Jin Wen Yang, yeah, he did. Oh, I thought he just did the novel that the show's based on. So he's like a comic book writer, that's artist. On, that's, based, that's based on one of his books, American Boy Chinese. No, I know, but I'm saying he's also a comic book writer, and so he's a comic book writer and a novelist. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was no. I'm saying, I thought he was just an, a novelist. I'm pretty sure he's also a comic book writer. Okay, fair enough. That's pretty cool. That's sure. even better than that. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I'm, I'm, I was already I'm 100 positive. I was already looking forward to the show. Now I'm even more looking forward because, to it. Because so maybe it'll have some kind of geek type angles to it or whatever. Oh, or sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he does do the comic book uh, Monkey Prince. So yeah, uh, oh. definitely, absolutely. Oh, okay. I think he does comic books. Absolutely. Okay. See, I thought it was going to be more of like a. I mean, I know the show's supposed to be lighthearted, but I thought it was going to be more like straight. Uh, TV, you know, you could say straight drama or sorry, straight script writing style. But now, now that he's a comic book person, maybe it'll have some kind of like a geek side to it, or like a you know, some kind of uh, the way. See how that it'll be right. interesting. To see the how it only difference it. is that when he wrote the book, he based it on late eighties, nineties. Okay, right. Oh, well, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, the show that Disney Plus is producing is based on present times. Uh huh. That's the only difference from what I understand. Okay. You know, and and then they went ahead and stretched it out to eight episodes for the TV show. 
And uh, I'm really the, looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. But it's not coming out till May, so it's like still a while from now from us recording. But but yeah, really looking forward to that one. So the both the panel, both the Asian panels were good then. They were good. They were good. I mean, if you're into that, then yeah, they were pretty good. You know, so so <laughs> he's like, if you're in Asian culture, they were good. <laughs> yeah, once again, it's not just Asian culture. Like yeah. the other panel was also Pacific Islanders and and uh, what's the NH one. I forgot, but, but anyways, so so yeah, and then and then after that, I went to the talk back, the the WonderCon talk back, and there was hardly any complaints. Almost, almost, I would say there were maybe they just like, complain about no carpet. Nobody said that. Oh wow. Um, uh, well, if you listen to the interview, maybe that you mentioned the carpet thing. But what I'm saying, that I would see that as something people would complain about. I'm surprised they no, didn't. No, I think it's just an acceptance. <laughs> Either you have it or don't. Um, most of the complaints was about panels, actually. Like like there were people who were saying, why wasn't this panel? Here, and then there are some people saying, "How do I get into? How do I get a panel?" You know, <laughs> there was a lot of that in this in this particular talk back, which is kind of weird. There was a mention about parking. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure that I've heard that was ba- I've heard bad stories about that all weekend. Yeah, if you listen to my interview, yeah, David Lancer covers that on the interview. Oh nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have because it's like unless you fast forward to this section. Anyways, <laughs> so so the point is, is that talk back was really quick. You know, I think we end we ended like in 15 minutes. So that's why here I am recording this with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we tried to get it out as soon as we could. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Because that's that was pretty much it. It was a very relaxing con for me. Uh, no stress, like you said, and I think that's the way I like it. WonderCon to be. Um, well, I just want to add that uh, I did the choice to uh, on Saturday. Um, I was I had a couple of panels I wanted to go to. I wanted to check out the Walking Dead ones and stuff. And I ended up just uh, hanging out with one of my friends, and we just walked around and like uh, we met uh, David Desmolshin from oh, uh, Suicide okay. Squad. Right, right, right. Um, he had a he has a comic book and stuff, and he did a signing for it and stuff. So we went to go say hi to him, and then we went and saw um, the guy that plays Isaac on the Orville. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. we went. We went and got went sat down and talked to, to talked to him for a little bit. It was cool. So it's like it's it's weird. I, I don't know how much it is for you because I know you're pretty. Uh, uh, organized, you know, and uh, but it's weird. Like sometimes you make a plan and you just don't even skip to it. Like I didn't. I made. I had at least like four or five panels I wanted to go to on Saturday, and I didn't go to any of them. Yeah, no, no, I, I can relate. There, there've been times where, like at a comic con or even WonderCon, where I'll have a plan to go to a panel, but something else came up, and I would just literally just take the, the panel off my calendar. You know, I just. I guess I'm not going to that. Well, it was just weird because we, like, we were just walking around. We were going around the exhibit floor and like, um, uh, and like I said, we were just getting people and doing stuff. And like, I don't know, it's just like the time would come where I'm supposed to leave. And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't even feel like it anymore. I'm like, forget it. I'm like, who cares? So, um, but, uh, last thing I want to add is, uh, today, Sunday, uh, I hit up a lot of, uh, I've been trying to the last like year or so. Cause, you know, unfortunately with the way, uh, time goes uh, a lot of the comic book artists and writers that we grew up with as kids a lot of them are starting to pass away and stuff you know right. they, they think about how old they were when we were kids and a lot of them are passed away so i've been really trying to get on uh meeting all the writers and artists that grow up as kids so i spent a lot of time today doing that uh i met like you know four or five artists that i hadn't met yet and stuff so like it's something i keep trying to do and it's a really fun to be like hey you know i've been following you since this time and stuff and you know it's it's really good to do that yeah, yeah. I, I've been trying to avoid meeting like celebrities or whatnot because I don't want. I don't see celebrities and comic book artists as the same thing. I well, know I mean, you could say that. I mean, I mean, yeah, people you look up to, people, people in the industry that you look up to and whatnot. Yeah. But it's just for me, it's like I, I don't want them to give me a bad impression. So I'm, I've been trying to avoid that. <laughs> well, I, the only, the only thing I would say to that is in in 
in, in well, we're both we're both the same age essentially. But in all right. my years, uh, I've met very few comic book artists or writers that were dicks. A couple, but very few. Now, actors and actresses and musicians—that's totally different. Yeah, I, th- I think okay. there's a very big uh, difference because I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that comic book artists and stuff don't make millions of dollars and have like eight, you know, uh, 10 million Instagram followers. Like there's so much, you know, they're loved, but it's so much more of a lower scale of love and appreciation of fans, you know? Sure. Like there's so much ego in cinema and stuff, but we could go on that forever. True. I mean, there's ego in comic book artists as well and like like the ones I met, but you know, (laughs) that's the point. I think you just had a bad experience. (laughs) Well, that's the thing though. That's the thing though. I would not have the bad experience again. So it's not a priority for me to meet them. Yeah. That's all. Fair and, enough. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, that was mainly my Sunday though. Is I, I like I said, I didn't. Do, you know, I know you had a lot of panels today. Mine was the opposite. All my panels were Saturday. I didn't go to them, and then we get to Sunday, and yeah. I didn't have any panels. So that was my yeah. And we're the opposite because Saturday for me it was hardly any panels that <laughs> I wanted to go to. Yeah, but yeah. Well, there, there we go, folks. Uh, this, that's that's WonderCon twenty twenty three. Me and Derek are gonna go back to the show floor and. Oh. Uh, and real quick shout out, yeah. you and I both went so high to our, our Lumpia people, Lumpia with a Vengeance. Oh, yes, yes, Still yes. putting out comic books and still have a, they have a whole new line coming out of four new issues coming out. So uh, people should know and recognize, even though the movie's uh, essentially kind of on the wayside for now, uh, you know, they're done promoting that, the the film and conventions. Uh, they still have their comic book line and, you know, you should check it out. They're great comics. Well, one of the one of the people from Lumpia with a Vengeance was on one of those Asian American panels I went to this morning. And oh, he, he Earl, was right? Kind of, Earl, yeah. yeah. And he was kind of like hinting about a streaming service. So you might, hopefully you get word on where that's going to go. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. They're working on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, WonderCon Anaheim 2023 is over. Me and Derek are going to head back to the show floor and... Uh, Run wait around like crazy for 15 minutes. Wait for minutes. that announcement <laughs> that it's over, and then that'll be the wrap. All right. This, uh, where can people find you uh, online? Oh, uh, so uh, uh, I do a podcast called the Geekdom Fancast. Uh, we should be, we are in Instagram and Twitter at Geekdom Fancast, and also you know iTunes and all that stuff. Just type in Google search Geekdom Fancast, and everything comes up. Plus, there's links in our uh, bios for uh, our social media for the actual podcast. Uh, once again, you, this is Albert. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Albert5x5. Um, music has been provided by Gloomy June. Contact info, ways to support us, and everything else is on the show notes found on whowhatworstwhy.com. This was episode 649 of the Stuff Injunction. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this podcast has been a Who What Worst Why production. The exhibit hall is now closed. Thank you for attending.